0: Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Ches Misko, who is the COO and co-owner of the Wisconsin Athletic Club, a place I used to work, and also the largest privately owned athletic club in Wisconsin. And in this episode, we go through Chez's journey from literally working at the front desk and teaching lessons at age 15 to then becoming the co-owner as well as the COO. Talk about how you actually open different health clubs, how he's grown the club over the years, what his focus has been, why this is the premier health club in Wisconsin, uh, especially in Milwaukee. Understanding yourself, having that self-awareness to know what you want and how you operate best, leading a team, how he manages his day to day and so much more. This was an episode I really enjoyed as, like I said, I did work at the Wisconsin Athletic Club and to be able to talk to Chaz was great and so many insights were shared in this. I hope you enjoy it. As always, the show notes are at gogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show by leaving a rating and review, which I would very much so appreciate. Also, you can sign up for the weekly grind with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. That is at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. And without further ado, here is Chez Misco, the COO and co-owner of the Wisconsin Athletic Club. Chez, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. And uh, so many questions I have about your experience, and I know you have uh, quite an incredible story. So what I'm curious about first is how did you actually get started at the Wisconsin Athletic Club?
1: That's um, a kind of an interesting story, and i uh... Kind of a long story, but I've kind of build it up a little bit. But um, I had a friend that was working at uh, the time we were called the West Dallas Athletic Club. He was selling memberships, and he was um, a martial artist, and I that I trained with for many years. And so he uh, encouraged me to come and teach uh, martial arts here at, at the club. And so uh, my um, actually my mom drove me to my interview because I was only 15 years old when I applied for the position of martial arts instructor. <laughs> That was kind of how I got started and uh here at uh, at WAC now and um you know the lucky thing is because I started so young I was really able to do kind of everything. So, I mean, I literally worked the front desk and did when I was in high school, did maintenance over the summer and just literally did everything, taught swim lessons and worked in our kid's clubhouse. And when I got old enough, became, worked the bar and and managed the front desk and then became a trainer and managed training. So I literally got to be able to do um, almost anything and everything you could do in our industry, which was really helpful later on in my career.
0: Yeah. And knowing that that you kind of had a, a taste of everything. I mean, Was health and fitness, health and wellness, was that always what you wanted to do? Did you ever think of doing something else?
1: Um, I I always liked... helping people. And, and I liked um, the medical side of, of things. So my background um, I, I was athletic training, sports medicine. So I originally wanted to be a physical therapist. And I kind of did an internship uh, at, at, a, at a nursing home was my first internship in physical therapy. And it just, you know, it's again, physical therapy is an amazing profession, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. I was, you know, I, I walk fast, I talk fast, I, I kind of have a <laughs> certain pace in my life. And you know, going there was just something that just didn't fit well with with me. Um, It's again, it's a great profession and that's a great um, um, job to do. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. And and then I did a, my next was kind of an athletic training. And I remember, you know, the first time running out on a football field, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. It was a faster pace. You're interacting with people and really helping them improve their performance or or recover from an injury. Um, And then I got involved in strength and conditioning coaching from there. So that's really kind of what, Kind of ske- steered me was more the medical based side of fitness and wellness, um, which then kind of turned me more into the the health and wellness and the, and the and the fitness side of things.
0: Yeah, and then eventually, so your role today then is COO. So how how did you end up in in that role? Because there's a huge jump from the beginning days as a 15 year old to then being COO of this company. How did you get to that point then?
1: Yeah, it's it's to me it was. Um, you know, just working hard. You know, my, my goal was always, didn't matter what I was doing, I always tried to look at, at and when I was at the front desk, I always asked myself the question, you know, what would the best front desk person you know act like and be and do and, and how would they become that you know what would be what would they, you know what would they do I literally um, this goes back to And again, when I was younger I, I, I would go and show up to, to my shift a little early and I would memorize the what we had just called the crib sheet which is who played racquetball against each other so when the person walked in I could literally not have to look down and see where they were I could say hey hey Jim you're on court five at you know four thirty or whatever whatever the time whatever the court was and so you know I kind of I started out really just trying to figure out how I could do that. Then when I became like the front desk manager, I asked myself the same question as, you know, what would the best front desk manager look like and feel like and be and do? And and then I, I, I kind of did those things. And and I think the cool thing that I learned, you know, early on doing that is that, you know, when you're working for people, you don't always know, are you meeting their expectation, right? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, are you sometimes you get feedback, you know, usually when it's negative, right? Hey, you didn't do a good job. <laughs> You know, but you don't always get a lot of feedback. And so what I always figured out is what's the picture in my head? You know, like, where do I really see myself or what do I see being that that picture? Because then I could tell every day if I was getting closer towards that 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 ideal front desk person or front desk manager or fitness person or general manager, whatever role I had within, uh, you know, whack or anything else I've done. And, and that's really, I think, helped me kind of advance my career because, you know, I kind of was able to separate myself from the crowd, you know, and, and, and it helped me move up because I was always trying to improve what I did and improve myself. Um, and I think that, um, now my current business partners, you know, but then, you know, my bosses, um, recognize that, um, that, that i had that ability to kind of excel at whatever i did and and they again kept promoting me to different positions and creating positions that didn't exist until um you know we got to the point where i was able to to move into an ownership role within the company so it's just um one of those things where you know i think if you do all the right things you kind of get the right results and and i think a lot of people don't um They kind of wait till they get to the next position before they start trying to work on themselves. And I was always trying to be better at what I was doing, which helped me be better at what I could be doing, you know? And I think those are things that are really helpful.
0: Oh, for sure. And I, I just want to mention as well, like with that then, how, I mean, have you always been that way? Because I mean, not everyone necessarily has that. Was there anything that helped you develop that? Or have you kind of just always been that way of looking to kind of do the best you can in any role you have?
1: Well, uh, you know, I, you know I, I think it goes back to my parents that always kind of tell me like, you know, that, you know, what you do is a reflection of yourself, right? You know, whether it's writing a paper in, in grade school or or whether that was just, you know, how you dressed or how you looked or how you acted, you know, that that's, it's a reflection of you and it's a reflection of your reputation. And, and I think, you know, back then I kind of looked at it and said, OK, well, how do I have the right, you know, reputation? How do I have the right, um, you know? image for myself, or how do I have the right, you know, um, outcome that I'm after. And, and you know, I, it just, you know, for me, again, martial arts was really kind of crucial to every aspect of my life. And I grew up, I started martial arts when I was six years old, and, and literally would go for, you know, 20, 30 hours a week. I mean, I was there every night for three, four hours. And there was, you know, growing up as a kid, we would travel for weekends and do martial arts, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all, all day, all night and teach seminars all over the country. I, I did a couple of different styles of martial arts. One of them is a Screama, which is a Philippine martial arts. And that was new at the time. There was not a lot of people that were doing it. And this is in the eighties. And so we would travel and teach seminars on that. But then I would get to train where if I was at a, a you know, a Kempo school, we would train Kempo or if I was at a, you know karate school or taekwondo school we would you know able to train and do things so it it kind of pushed me and i guess the the reason i'm bringing that up is that martial arts has got a pretty structured system, right? You're, you're working towards, you start out as a white belt and you're working towards like a yellow belt, right? Or whatever the next rank is. And depending on the style of martial arts you're in. And, and so, you know, I learned at an early age that you kind of want to be pushing yourself to get to that next level, right? You know, and so most of the, I think most of my success, I would definitely attribute to the, 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 the things that I learned in martial arts. And that's definitely one of them is that the, and every time you would take a testing or you'd advance uh, the martial arts instructor that I had had written down um on the actual testing your your certification for your next belt it says being content to remain at the level that you already achieved is your first step backwards and and I always remember reading that and thinking <laughs> you know how do you not be content where you are and and I think you know that 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 question is super important because I think most people in life end up being content at some point, right? They get to a point where they're satisfied or that they're, they have the job that they think they want and then they just show up. They're not trying to do it better and improve. And I think that's the difference between I think people that have success and those that don't is that people that see success find ways to continually improve what they're doing um, in their own way. There's a lot of right ways to do something, right? So it's not yeah. like you have to do it one way. It's just you have to find the way that works for you.
0: Yeah, and then obviously that's that's over a course of a, a long career now. And how like nowadays, then how do you do that as a as a co owner and COO? Obviously, you've risen very high, and the company to be in the ownership role. Like, what is it now that helps you continue to strive to improve? And what does that even look like for you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've always had a, been a big fan of what's a personal development program, a personal development plan. Um, you know, I've always had my own like written goals for the year and, and then specifically walk through like, you know, what I was going to do to kind of achieve them. And as a company, we kind of do the same way. So we apply the same concepts as we have real specific goals. Um, we have real specific, you know, targets, metrics, how we're going to hit them and what we're going to do to improve that. We're always asking that same question again, what are areas that we can improve on and how do we kind of do that? And I think for me personally, you know, you know, even twenty years ago there was less people that um there was less people that um I, they were responsible for. As a company we you know we had less employees and, and, and whatnot and we were a smaller business. Now that we're bigger, you know, there's literally, you know 1,300, 1,400 employees that work now at WAC, and I guess I look at it as my role to make sure that they're taken care of, right, and make sure that they have, you know, jobs and that we're successful, and so today I probably work harder on developing and growing um, myself than I did even um, 20 years ago, you know, because it was more, it was almost simpler in a way because there was kind of like a next step. Yeah. Um, and I, I correlate that to martial arts. Most people that, that start martial arts, once they get to be a black belt, they quit. Right. Cause it's like, what do you do after that? You know, <laughs> you've kind of, reached the, the, you've kind of gotten to where the goal is, right. You can start right. out as a white and want and get to be a black belt, you know, but um, it's, I think the perseverance the, to stay the course and to continue doing what you love um, and finding new ways to improve it, that, that, that's there. And I think it's that drive, as I mentioned earlier, to always improve what, you know, I'm doing, I think is also the correlation to that's our culture here at WAC is that we're always trying to improve what we're doing, um, and, and making it better and, and, um, helping more members and, um, you know, doing it that way.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned personal growth and that's something I'm huge on as well. And there's been so many, so many books, podcasts, conferences, other things that have been you know beneficial for me. And I normally ask this later in the episode, but I want, I'm curious now, what are, Any of those books or conferences or people or masterminds or anything you've done that's been helpful to develop yourself?
1: Um, yeah, all of them. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I, probably read more, I read more books than most people do. I mean, I always joke. I'm like, I read way more books, you know, now than I did when I was in college. When you think of all the classes that you took or what you did, but that's that's how you get better is you have to look for ideas. You have to look for for different ways of looking at something. And I think um, you can do that. I mean, you, you anyone that's, re- that's done a lot of personal development, it, it gets to be a, it gets to be more difficult at a certain point because to some extent, every book is kind of the same. I mean, I hate to say it that way. There's some amazing books, and I can you know, give you some things, but, you know, it's. um, you know, there's usually, and I always joke, there's usually about 10 pages in most books that are re- relevant, but you have to read, you know, 250 to find those 10 pages, um, you know, as part of it. So I do, I do kind of switch it up. And for me, I, I every year kind of reset, um, you know, kind of what I'm looking at, you know, obviously years ago, I used to say, I want to read, you know, 10 books a month or whatever the goal was, you know, and do all that. And, and now I kind of, I can take it more month by month and kind of try to evaluate what, what do I really need to do based on what we're doing as a company uh, and what we're focused on. So again, I started out always looking at more of a global yearly kind of thing and, and now I've kind of broken it down a little more to on a monthly basis so that I can kind of fluctuate it. But to me personal development plan is not so much more is so much about the where you find the content, which I think is, you know, there's a million ways to find content. It's having the discipline to keep looking for the content and to keep doing it, right? I mean, yeah. you know, reading a book is is important, listening to podcasts is great, but it's just like anything. It's just like we tell everybody in the fitness industry, right? It's it's uh, you know the best workout is the one you can adhere to, right? You know, the best personal development plan is the one that you can follow and the one that allows you to, to keep holding yourself accountable to doing what you need to do. Um, because the discipline that you learn from, from that is probably more important than the actual information that you're learning from the podcast or the book, if that makes sense. But to me, that's um, part of that whole process.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I also went to kind of echo the point of the books being relatively the same in the personal development. I, I agree. And I think it's more about, like you said, the process and also just Reading them, the fact that you are reading them, it gets you continually in that mindset that you are improving, and you may pick up one or two things from it, and then it's worth it, and it's, it is that kind of constant uh, improvement, and always trying to better yourself. And I want to like kind of switch to you a little bit next is with with the Wisconsin Athletic Club, and obviously it's a it's a great organization. I worked there for a few years, and since you've been there since you're fifteen, I mean, as you've gone through the years and being able to see the Wisconsin Athletic Club grow what do you think has helped it grow so fast and and just to be what it is now which is a premier you know club in Wisconsin
1: well you know i think every business that is successful has has one you know secret recipe to some extent and that's they have good people and you know we've been really lucky over the last you know 40 you know 3 years um to have really good people um it's really kind of that simple and, and, but it's that hard. Um, it's hard to attract and to retain good people. And, uh, you know, I think the, the reason that we have is that the good people we have had has created a culture that makes other good people want to be there. Um, and I think that's, you know, to some extent, the secret sauce, um, people like, working here and, and that matters um, you know there's a lot of choices for people to go and do things um, but if the if the culture is one where people kind of are are the the focus not not profits and you know numbers and things like that it creates a culture that really feels um, positive um, you know little things I mean we start every meeting talking about whack moments which is you know kind of like when did you see somebody do something that made a difference in someone's life because at the Wisconsin Athletic Club, our mission is to make a difference in people's lives. And so we want to, you know, want to talk about that. You know, it's not the first thing you go to a meeting and it's about, don't forget to do whatever tasky thing it is that you want, you know, the manager wants some staff to do. It's, it's about, about, about well, reinforcing why we're here. Um, and, and I think our why is really clear. Um, and the decisions that we make are congruent with the words that we say. And I think a lot of businesses don't have that, where when they say something like, you know, we really like people, but everything they do, other actions specifically show that their people are not that important. It's more important that they hit a certain financial metric. Then people stop believing that, you know, because again, it doesn't matter what people say. It's what they feel and it's what they, what they experience, right? And so we really try to make sure that our experience, and the things that we say and the things that we do are all congruent so that the message doesn't get diluted. And that, um, again, I think that message gets stronger and stronger over time.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's obviously very strong. I noticed from, from day one when I started there and you know, it has to start from the top and then trickles down to everything you everything you do, like you said, in in every meeting and everything uh, on a day-to-day basis to have that reminder of why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing is, is so important. And the Wisconsin Athletic Club is—it's grown, you know, like I said, over the years and uh, many locations. Now you're helping with another location. How do you approach the growth of current clubs versus finding new clubs, and kind of what's your involvement on that side of things?
1: Well, you know, that's growth is—you know—you're either growing or you're you're shrinking, right? I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like working out. You're either getting faster, you're getting slower, you're getting stronger, you're getting weaker. There is no, there is no like. Um, you know in the middle kind of thing and so as a company you know we all uh, me, my partners and I really love this industry we love what we do and so we want to you know we've been in business for a long time and we want to continue to be in business for a long time so you're either going to grow or or you have to you you end up dying and so you know for us every every day every every week every month we're always looking at how do we improve what we're doing and how do we how do we grow you know our our business and so from a a tasky standpoint like what are the specific things that we do to do that is it starts with specifically twice a year meeting with each one of our managers from an internal growth like how do we grow our existing locations and we specifically walk through and have a conversation you know where do we see you know us going you know what was the last six months what worked really well what do we see the next six months you know let's walk through some numbers let's talk about kind of of what we think we can improve upon, and um, you know, how do we improve the key metrics? You know, in our industry, it's really simple. There's there's non dues revenue and dues revenue and, and 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 profitability. You know, I mean, those are the three things that you really want to look at growing, and obviously controlling and managing your expenses. You know, but our concept has always been, you know, you can't cut yourself into profitability. You, you really, um, you know, that that might help in the short term, but how do we really grow our business? How do we focus on that that top line growth? Um, you know, in doing that, and so we are with our teams um to be able to do that we used to do you know annual and then we went to quarterly we did all these different we tried all these different ways of doing it and twice a year is the, is the most um, has been our our kind of thing that we've kind of settled on kind of like your goalie locks it was too much when we did quarterly or monthly and then it yeah. was you know not enough when we did you know annually um but we really try to you know, also take our our, our leaders and, and let them kind of lead you know, that's why they're in that position and, you know, they're good at what they do. We have an amazing leadership team and we get out of the way and, and, you know, we're all in the same, you know, you know, goal aspect of what we're trying to work on. But, um, you know, uh, I think the key is to get out of their way and let them do the things that they're good at. And, um, you know, you can't have, you can't have more than one person steering the boat, right? You know, yeah. if you do, then you end up crashing. And so we really try to empower them to make good decisions. And because they're clear on where we want to head, um, they end up getting us there. So, I mean, I think that's really the the key. And I think a lot of businesses, um, it's hard for, for for you know, owners and, and leaders to trust other people w- when they're ultimately responsible for it, right? Yeah. And so we really try to trust uh, our, our people to, to do the right thing. And, Um, obviously there's sometimes that, that works out and there's sometimes it doesn't, but that's our job too. Our job is to make sure that we, you know, hold people accountable and do what's needed to to get the results that we're after. You know, and the cool thing is I think, you know, the better our business is, the better it is for, you know, our managers and our staff. And it's, it's a win, win, win kind of thing. You know, the company is better because we're growing, you know, the the, the staff is better because they're doing it and our members have a better experience because of it as well. So it's been a real positive thing by doing that.
0: Yeah. And how do you then kind of balance or think about, I know you said every six months you have these, these meetings, but then how do you f- think about the day-to-day stuff you have to do to grow the clubs and then huge opportunities that may maybe come about because of a, you're pursuing them or they kind of just open up at different times out of your control. How do you balance those two things?
1: Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it, you know, it's, um, it's hard to, to do that but I think it goes back to what kind of we talked about a little earlier is that constant improvement you know when you walk in it's kind of simple right it's like you know you walk into a club you see some things that are going really well and you see some things that could be improved right so it's not like you're looking for problems but you're looking for things to improve um, and I think that's a difference because it's not just catching somebody doing something wrong right Yeah. and I think that's what a lot of businesses do it's, it's, it's always about oh you made a mistake and then people are afraid to make a mistake so then they stop trying things they stop you know really trying to improve um, because they're afraid, right? And you know, there's you know, only growth only occurs when you're uncomfortable, and it's it's scary to be uncomfortable. And so you have to allow people to 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 be able to be okay, um, being in that situation. But that goes back to how do we improve things? And you know, I I look at my job is to just ask the right questions. You know, so if we have a meeting with all of our service managers, it's how do we in, in, you know improve the member experience? It's how do we you know make uh, it quicker for somebody to check in? How do we make sure we do this or that? Whatever it might be that you're always asking those questions. It's that goes back to that, um, that that whole don't be content to remain at the level you've already achieved. And and it's just like working out to some extent, right? You can look yeah. in a mirror and say, hey, I'm to work on my shoulders. It's it's not that hard um, to do. It's just that you got to do it and you got to do it every single day. Um, and then you got to kind of follow up on it and stay on top of it and and not just be the kind of the flavor of the week and the standpoint of, oh, now we're focusing on this and then there's no follow through. It has to go from being you know an idea to being implemented, to being executed, to being followed it up on, and you have to follow that process.
0: Yeah, and on that same in that same vein of of improvement, then as different technology, for instance, comes comes about, how do you approach that in terms of how you implement that at the club? What you're kind of looking for in technology? I know there's maybe a few years ago updated the website completely. Um, how do you approach yeah. that then?
1: Yeah, it's you know we 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 look at all of that and 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 what gets what gets to be challenging for most businesses is they try to be all things to all people right to some extent and so when you when you're clear on what you're trying to do and what your what your kind of I guess you'd say your focus is and what your end goal is is and who you, what kind of business you specifically are it becomes easier to to make decisions to some extent it's like if we spend money on X does it really enhance the member experience like in our case that's what we focus really on. Um, and then, okay. And what are the unattended consequences of doing that? You know, um, because I give you a simple, a simple thing for us. One of our real key goals as a company is to be the best in the world at connecting with people. So when somebody walks in, we want to connect with them. We want not just you know, I process their request, or not just you know, it's not transactional, right? It's more experiential. So how do we connect with them? And so most health clubs have gone to you know, literally like. I don't want to say, scan your card and just walk by, you know, we really try to make it at our front desk when you first walk in really interactional, right? I mean, it's, it's, we know that way every single time somebody comes in our club, you know, in, in a perfect world, they're being smiled at, they're being greeted with their name. They're, they're all these things that are happening, which, which creates that connection to, to our business. It'd be a lot easier for us to just eliminate a lot of that and say, you know, scan your card with a turnstile and then walk into the to the, um, you know, pick your locker and, and, you know, you don't need to interact with people, but we feel that that's really our differentiator. So kind of what I was saying earlier is that when you're clear on what you really have as you, who you are and what your differentiators are, the decision-making process becomes relatively easy. And then you can prioritize based on that, because again, um, you can't do everything. So what things really are going to enhance the member experience and what things kind of take away. And, you know, technology has some great things that it can do to help, you know, make your business more efficient and effective. But you also have to make sure that it doesn't take away what's most important about your business because, you know, we, you can't connect through email the way you can connect face to face or even via phone. And so you have to understand, you know, what you're giving up for what you're getting. Um, and then, you know, making those determinations or making those decisions based on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Right.
0: And one of the things that I was wondering about too, with with going back to kind of that point of expansion and growth, and you've, I mean, with, there's been a number of new clubs you've you've kind of uh, expanded into the last number of years. What is what is that process of opening a club like, and how long does that take? I'm sure it's not necessarily always the same, but I'm kind of curious on what that process looks like, and and uh, what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's uh it's a it's an interesting, um, complicated process. You know, starting a business is challenging i mean most as you know most businesses fail within the first year blah 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 starting at, you know, opening up a new club, even though you're an established business is almost like starting a new business each time you, you go there. And and it's so important, you know, for us, we want to grow, but we also want to grow smart, right? We don't want to do too much and overextend ourselves and then put ourselves in a situation. And again, because we have a long-term approach on things like we, we're not just, okay, how do we make the most money next year? It's how do we stay in business long-term and and how do we continue to grow the, our, our reputation and legacy in the, in the Metro Milwaukee area? We just look at things a little different. You know, it's, we don't want one deal to blow up and that affects the whole company, right? Um, and so we really want to make sure we're finding the best location, we're in the right community that really fits with what our values are. And then, you know, then the process from a technical standpoint, it, again, it's it, there's so many things. I mean, we've worked through... I don't know fifty clubs that we've pretend been at certain levels of development that have fallen through for one reason or another. Whether you're negotiating rent and you're not able to get the right rent deal, um, whether it's you know just a variety of things. Literally, we have had the city say you know you know there's not a, we're not allowing that use in that space. So you know it's you know we live in a in a situation or in a country where we have a lot of freedom, but you still have to follow <laughs> rules and processes, and sometimes. Um, people don't realize how difficult that can be to actually get uh, um, something that should be relatively easy to done uh, to get done Um, construction is exactly the same way. You know, then you run into all kinds of hurdles doing all of that. And there's so many decisions that you have to make, you know, when you're designing and building a club, it literally could be on one day, you you might make, you know, 10,000 little decisions from, you know, the color of the carpeting to the color of the wall. Do you want a half wall there? Do you not want a half wall there? You know what's the height of the ceiling, and what's the difference if it's nine feet versus twenty feet, you know, and then what does that cost from a HVAC standpoint, and just all the little nuances that go into it. You know, I I just, you know, for me personally, I've been lucky because I've done so many different things within the club. You know, I've learned so much. You know, uh, from those little, you know, at the time they kind of felt like almost like chores, right? You know, cleaning the pool or, or you know, um, fixing something and, uh, you know, changing a cartridge in the shower in a locker room. But now when we design our clubs, we're able to make sure because, you know, because we have some knowledge of doing that, you know, how do we design it so we can, you know, change out the whole mixing without ripping the whole wall down or or smashing out tiles, or you know how do we we, our our new pools that we design we we design so that we can teach swim lessons more effectively in it because most pools don't have anything for kids to stand on then you're putting these plastic you know little step things in and it's that's uncomfortable so the last few pools that we've built we've built in you know benches that allow kids to stand on them so when we program swim lessons that are there we've changed the way we we pitch our pools so that when we have group fitness classes that you, you know or your water walking you're not going from the water at your you know your navel up to over your you know mouth so that you're at a constant depth so we've really tried to think through that because of the our experience in the business, and, and as you know, there's a lot of people that have, well, you know, one year of experience times 20 years, and there's some people that truly really have 20 years of experience because they're learning from what they're doing. And I think as a business, we really try to make sure we're the latter and that we're learning by what we're doing. We're learning from what our members are telling us. We're learning from how what members are kind of you know using and doing and how they're utilizing it and we're trying to apply that each time we build a new club or do a remodel we're trying to improve it based on what we're seeing and evaluating in our business yeah
0: and with that then opening new clubs you obviously have the information from the past clubs and every time you've opened a different club Mm -hmm. i mean how much do you look back at that and have like a document for this is our club opening document and this is what we're going to upgrade and change and this is what we can do and can't do how does that go then
1: yeah, we we have some, you know, general, you know, templates that we've followed in the past. So we, we start with that as a template, like, you know, here's our, here's our model for like, um, you know, literally from a flow standpoint, we know exactly how we want kind of when you walk into our club, you know, here's the first thing you see to here's how this moves. So we, we do have templates that allows us to kind of lay over. Um, And it's based on our experience in the business. And and again, the feedback that we get, but it's constantly changing. And I think that kind of goes back to, you know, we're not content that this is the best model. You know, how we open this club is not the best. We want to constantly be improving it, right? It's, it's, it's always, and that's our industry. It's, always changing you know it's like there wasn't social media 20 years ago so you know we didn't have to put you know signs on locker rooms no snapchatting in a locker room right i mean it's just you have to pay attention to what's going on you have to be responsive and most importantly have to be learning um you know and and applying new things to your business um to to deal with those those changes
0: yeah yeah oh yeah and and what are your thoughts on them with with the kind of the digital age Mm -hmm. and with obviously social media and everything else i mean how does that change how you use that to kind of improve the member experiences. Obviously there's the people in the club and there's the actual physical experience of being there, but then there's the online experience that could in theory help them make it easier for things. How do you manage that deal with that and approach that type of thing as well? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, this goes back to who are you and what do you, what do you do? I mean, we can't, we're not going to do digital better than somebody that does digital. I mean, it's, I mean, we can't compete with, you know, Apple or certain companies, and when it comes to like heart rate training or certain things that that they really now are, are are really getting into because they just have bigger budgets. But but what those things can't do is they can't create those personal connections, right? And that goes back to why we want to really be the best at the world and, and connecting with people, because. You know, it's, you know, you can't connect with a treadmill. I mean, Peloton and some of these things have done amazing jobs with trying to create social interactions with, um, you know, a treadmill, with a bike, whatever, you know, the apparatuses that they're utilizing for that. But at the end of the day, we are kind of social beings, and we, we do want to be around other like-minded people, right? And so, how do we really make sure that when you come into our clubs, the experience is there is positive? And, and and again, pulling in technology where it does help that member experience, but you gotta be careful too, because um, you know, it's, again, I use heart rate training. You know, uh, you know, you might like you know my zone. Somebody else likes Garmin. Somebody else likes you know their. XY just uses their Apple watch, you know, for all those things, you know, you know, we to create a whack, you know, version of heart rate thing that's kind of our own proprietary stuff doesn't make a lot of sense. So we we use the technology that's there and we focus on that. But quite frankly, those people find that, um, is part of it. It's kind of like the proliferation of the boutique fitness centers. You know, we, we have cycle, but you know, is it the same experience as going to soul cycle? Probably not because, you know, when you walk into our club, we have so many different things. It's kind of like the difference between shopping in maybe a mall before where there's 50 stores uh, versus going to a, you know, a single standing store that just has this product. Um, And so, you know, but a lot of what we've found, at least in our market, and it doesn't make it so everywhere across the country, but most of the people that are utilizing those boutiques, centers are working out more outside of that, just that class. They don't soul cycle seven days a week for an hour. They might, or pick the, pick the format, you know, pure bar, whatever, whatever, boutique studio that, that you choose, they might do that once or twice a week. But then, you know, if, if they're committed to fitness, they're working out somewhere else two to three times a week. And so, you know, a lot of people look at those people at, or those other things as competition, which, which they are. But if you do the right thing, and you have a differentiator that allows you to be different than what they are, you, they people will also utilize, you know, you as, a, as an option. Um, and so same thing goes, I think, for Peloton, same thing goes for all these other different markets. You know, uh, you can do your Peloton at home, but, you know, coming into that Zumba class with 20 other people doing something, there's something to that, that that's different than, than taking it on a virtual standpoint. Um, you know, you can do your beach body stuff at, um, at your house in the morning or, you know, on one day and then the next day come and again, uh, work out with around other people. So, I mean, I think it's all part of that. And I, you know, I see more and more of that. It's just they're utilizing our space. They're interacting with our people as part of that because um, you're not going to at your house have all the things that a health club has that we do. So it's understanding what, what those companies are doing and then figuring out how you continue to differentiate and how how you can integrate if possible or how you can just work with uh, that. But I don't, I, you know, like, you know, years ago, like, the, you know, like the digital personal training and um, uh, the virtual training and some of the, like even the audio training programs, I, I think that's good. I mean, it, it, our goal is to get people to adhere to an exercise program. That's how we make a difference right. in their lives. And, and sometimes they have to find other things outside of what we do to be able to do that so we want to be able to work with them however it is to find the right fit for them that helps them reach
0: their goals yeah and kind of that yeah and then and moving forward i mean with with the wisconsin Athletic club you know these next few years let's just say like what are what, what are the next things you're you're working on you see coming up or like what is the vision kind of moving forward
1: well, obviously, we want to add some additional locations. Um, you know, from a standpoint of in the metro Milwaukee area, so growth by by growing our, our things is one of our differentiators in our market is convenience. You know, we have you know eight locations now around the metro Milwaukee area. So you know, again, it's as a as a as, a, as an operator, the the more locations that you have around that helps add more convenience. Gets again, it's a differentiator for us. Uh, is part of it, but it can't just be that though. I mean, there's more locations is more locations. It's also how do we improve all of our programming? How do we really make sure that we look at what all these other boutique studios are doing? And okay, if, if what makes that experience better at the boutique, how do we apply those principles that we can to what we're doing so that we're really again, when people come to our class, they're like, wow, it's from a instruction standpoint, it's just as good. Um, from you know certain other components, it's just as good. You know, again, we can't be the You walk in, the only thing you see is a cycle studio because we're a multi-purpose club. But what we can do is have the content, the quality of the classes be good. So we have a strategic plan to add programs, to improve our programs. This next year, our focal point uh, is really continuous improvement in every aspect of our business. You know, I think we have clean clubs, but we're making them even cleaner. We have, you know... um, Friendly staff, but how do we really make sure we force and, and interact uh, and create interactions with with more staff and members so that they really do get connected and have those relationships um, that we, we want to create with uh, you know our yeah. members?
0: there's so many things there' so many things you can do, right? <laughs> and and we, we do a lot with um, corporate wellness, um,
1: which is a big deal for us. As you probably remember from your yeah. time here is we work a lot of businesses. And so we're we're doing a, a lot of that. This year we opened up into several new uh, corporate fitness centers in, in Metro Milwaukee. Um, and we're continuing to do more with that as well. So we're looking at that as another strategic goal plan. And, you know, every year we're setting goals in almost every single department with key, you know, um KPIs that just really allow us to, to see not just growth, but you know what activity really creates, what activity really creates the result that we're after. Because I think that's the key, um, you know, part of it. Because you know, anybody can set a goal, right? You want to grow by twenty two percent. Awesome. <laughs> You know, but you know, what, how do you specifically do that? What are the actionable things? And, you know, as you've probably read a million times, you talk about lead and leg measurements, right? You know, and it's like sales. You know, if you focus on your sales, great. But what you should be really focusing on is your prospecting because that's what leads to the sales, right? So, you know, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the thing that actually creates the result that you're after, you know, in our world you know everybody wants to lose weight right I mean that's what they focus in on but they don't they don't actually focus on what they're eating and what they're doing to exercise and if they would focus on those things the weight loss would happen as a result and, and so we really try to make sure that we're focusing on things that create the result that we're after um, and that we're asking the right questions and that we're putting our, our time and, and attention on the things that that, that, that are the the tangible, actionable items that create the results they're after, not just setting platitudes and <laughs> and you know higher expectations. Right, you know? because
0: it's ultimately like you're kind of just reverse engineering where you want to get to. And Then it's like I don't know what the saying was: <laughs> the thing before the thing. I Again, mean, what is the activity you have to do? before that. And then what's the activity before that, as you mentioned, if you want to lose weight, what is the thing to do, eat better? How do you eat better? You have to do XYZ thing and how do you do that? It's like the little things that lead to those those ultimate uh, outcomes is what you have to do. It applies to really everything business and losing weight and really anything you want to do. Always kind of thinking about that, it seems like. And one of the things I'm always fascinated with is how people work, how they prioritize things. So how do you manage your kind of day to day ups and downs and kind of prioritizing what you want to do each day yeah so uh,
1: you know again um, the the concept of uh, of my role of really trying to lead the direction of the of the of the business is really about kind of looking at what comes every single day and adjusting it and that, that's I think the cool part about you know what I do every single day is that it's it is so different, but it makes it so hard because where do you start and stop and I think that's always the, the uh, you know the job of a leader is to kind of determine the direction that we kind of head and then you have to prioritize you know the Specific things that, that you have to do each day to to get the result that you're after, and I think sometimes you know we're so as a as a when you're building a business you're always trying to create this framework that is kind of creates a structure for you, um, but I think you ultimately have to have a lot of flexibility in that framework to be able to get the result that you're after. You know, even even as a as a leader, when you're looking at your day to day standpoint, you know you might be planning on accomplishing these three things. But if you have that one staff person that comes in that needs your time, you got to have to stop what you're doing and, and focus on that because at that moment, that's the most important thing that you can do to get the result that you're after. And so having that is um, is really important. And that goes back to, again, if you're clear on what your priorities are and, you know, my priority is that to put, you know, our key leadership people and all of our staff first, then whatever I have to do, I might have to make that up later or come in on a Saturday or Sunday or both days or whatever it takes <laughs> to get the tasky stuff done. And that's okay. You know, we always tell that, you know, the members never an interruption to your day, um, you know, to our staff people. And from my standpoint, you know, the staff and our team members that are here at WAC are never an interruption to what I'm doing. They're the reason I'm here. You know, if I didn't have a team, you know, to to lead, I I wouldn't have a job. Right. And so, you know, you really have to make sure that that's what you're there for first and foremost every single day. And then, then you can, you know, backfill whatever time you have around that with all the other tasky parts of your job, you know, that you have to get done.
0: Yeah. And, and with just obviously your days are, again, to what you just kind of said there, your days are built around, you know, helping other people, having other people kind of rely on you and they can come to you. And it's clear there's time to work on your own stuff and everything as well. But I mean, how do you then manage stepping, stepping away and taking time for yourself to recharge and rejuvenate outside of work then?
1: Yeah, I think you have to take, uh, you know, personal time and have other things, you know, to do. I, I try to, you know, do a lot of more vacation kind of things than, I, you know, just more like, um, you know, things. To me, working out is a is a huge part of my life. So I still like to try to fit in, you know, working out every single day um, to, to you know, balance out any stress that maybe comes from, from work and then spending time with, you know, my family, I think is crucial. You know, that's the, that's kind of why you do all this stuff, right? You know, the why behind the what is, you know, hopefully bigger than just, you know, um, financial, it's, it has to do with where you really want to, who you want to be as a person and all the people that you love and what you can do for them, you know, to some extent. So that that's the way I kind of look at it a little bit as I try to do stuff with, you know, the people that I, uh, you know, enjoy being around my friends and family and, and kind of balance that out. But a lot of times, you know, your your work people becomes your friends and your family. So there's a, a little bit where that over, overlaps a little bit. So
0: yeah, because it's not like you're just there working by yourself and you don't really talk to anyone ever. You do have that at work, which is which is nice yeah. in that type of scenario because there are so many great people around, yeah. and so it is a little bit different.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm not a big fan of you know people always talk about this work life balance and uh, you know you, there there's you know there's just life. There's no you know that's that's there's no. You get to do things that you enjoy doing and and be around people that you enjoy being with. You know, I mean, that's that's life. You know, I don't think you don't have to balance anything out, you know. I always tell people the day that I stopped loving what I'm doing, I should do something else, right? I mean, if you don't have passion behind what you're doing, then you're doing the wrong thing. And, and I know a lot of people feel that they can't change that, but it's your life. And I think you have to realize that, um, you know, you're in the driver's seat and, and you know, don't give somebody else the keys. I mean, you've heard that analogy. And I think too many people do that. You know, they, they – um, let you know or wait for other people to decide and to determine their their outcome and you have to take control of your life and and that's where the balance comes in because when you do all the things that 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 create success you know i have complete flexibility i mean i was gone for two weeks in um earlier in june in middle of a construction project going on all kinds of other things in our business and I, i think i got like two phone calls for the two weeks i was gone so You know, but that goes back to having the right people. That goes back to you know uh, being able to to kind of do things and delegate things and 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 have um, you know clear vision on what you're trying to accomplish. And and I think when you do all those things, it gives you that flexibility and the freedom to to not have to be so dependent upon what you do every single day.
0: Yeah, it's that's so powerful, and I think that's something where the quote that always comes to mind is how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And so, if you are working a job you don't like or dislike your you're doing something you love whatever you're doing that is how you spend your life it is like the work-life balance thing is just like you are just living so how do you want that to be how do you want to spend your time day to day and if it's not something where you're enjoying it then maybe you should switch it and <laughs> you should do something different yeah. Um yeah, of us there is time for family there's time for friends there's time for that um, but if it is something you enjoy with work and how that goes as well it, it, that's just is your life <laughs> and that's that's what the you ultimate you're yeah. trying to create is a great life.
1: But I think that, that that what makes life challenging is is people don't really know what they want, you know. Um you know I, I I've you know been able to to work with, you know, literally thousands of people and and try to help them and you know become more successful and you know they know they want more but they don't really know what they like or dislike or what they want, you know. And I think that's the hard part of life because it doesn't come with a, you know, like an instruction manual kind of thing and you know they sometimes are the expectations we set for ourselves, you know, create um unrealistic expectations that just are, are you know create more pain than they do pleasure and and I think we have to step back and really understand you know what makes you or each individual person happy and do those things and and it, it's is that simple but it's it's that hard you know um,
0: yeah that's it's people spend
1: more time planning their vacation than they do planning their life. You know, it's like they know exactly when they're gone for a week in Florida, what they're going to do every single day, and you know what they, what the restaurants they want to eat at, and what they want to do. But then you, when they get back, um, you know, they have no clue where they want, where they're headed or what they're doing or why they're going there. You know, and so I, I think um, it's so important, you know, for people to really step back and have that that, that, that introspective ability to say, what do I really want? And, and, and how do I do what I'm doing now? And how does that lead to where I want to go? You know, cause everything becomes either a stumbling block or a stepping stone to your, your goals. And it all is perspective because even if you're not where you want to be right now, what can you do right now in the role that you're in to help you prepare you for your next role? Or, or where you want to be, you know, if you in your case, you're doing podcasting, I'm sure there was all these things you did between writing and interacting and interviewing people before you did your first podcast, right? And so those things help prepare you for those next steps.
0: Yeah. And to the point of introspection, I can't like really echo that enough. I think it's so important because it, it has to be somewhat of a routine thing as well, because it does change our priorities change and what we want kind of evolves over time. And as new opportunities come up, it may, it may change kind of keeping the end of end in mind of like what you think you want and that may change but then coming back to that over and over again and so that you can understand what you want and what you should be doing maximizing your roles pursuing new opportunities wherever it may be based on that and it is like it's just a practice you have to do over and over again it's not like you can just be introspective one day and then never think about what you want to do again because everything things change in life that's just what happens
1: yeah. Well, and, and you know, the, the thing, you know, people always wait till they get to the position, maybe they get promoted and then they're going to start, you know, working harder or they're going to start, you know, pr- you know, I guess you'd say doing the tasks that they need in that new role. And, you know, that's a that bad way to look at it because you should be practicing those tasks. I always think of it like in sports, you know, if you did basketball or football or in, ma- in my case, it was wrestling and martial arts, you know, you practiced, you know, for hours before you went to your first match. And I think that's a that's a big thing. It's 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 you have to you have to keep pre- being prepared for it. Uh, I, I talk about I have what I call as my five C's to success. And one of them is is constant practice. I mean, if you want to lead people, you have to get good at leading yourself. You have to get good at communication. You have to get good at all these things that allow you to be good at that. And you have to practice it you know if i'm having a meeting with my leadership team i might take 6 hours before that 2 hour meeting or 1 hour meeting or whatever the time frame is to get ready for that meeting so that it's a worthwhile meeting and that we're able to reach our outcomes Whereas a lot of people just show up, you know, here you go, I'm here for the meeting, let's talk about things. And they're not clear where they're going and why they're even talking about some of the topics that are on the agenda. And so, you know, I think you have to hold yourself accountable to, to, to the, being able to do those those things that you want to, I call it constant practice, that that will help you succeed. And in martial arts, to master a technique, you literally have to do it 10,000 times. And, and if you want to head down... Whatever your goal is, what do you have to practice on a daily basis to be able to, to do that? And then you have to do it. You know, it's like if you want to write a book, you know, the best thing to do is start writing and get, you know, practice writing, practice writing, practice writing. That's how you will write the book. You know, if you want to, you know, if you want to lead a company, then you have to practice leading. All right. You have to lead every day. You have to lead yourself. You have to lead other people. You have to start finding yourself in situations that allows you to to work on those skills and then not wait till you get into the situation where you need them and then you're they're not very good right right Those skills time to develop and you have to put yourself in that situation to
0: develop those agree and we've talked about a lot of different things You, you have so many so many insights i appreciate in this episode as we kind of wrap things up here you know are there any other lessons or takeaways that you that you've had in your career so far
1: well, I think the one thing that is so important, and I learned this from martial arts, is confidence. You know, I I, I always remember the saying, life is a confidence game to some extent. And, you know, in life, you're faced with a lot of fears and you're faced with a lot of, you know, indecision. Like, you know, should, you know, in your case, you moved from one city to the next. You know, I'm sure there was some indecision and some, some you know, questioning on whether you should do that or not do it. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, that you went through a lot of things in your head and, and you have to be able to. have confidence in yourself um in order to be successful Um, but it's that's really hard to do and and i see that with so many people that have so much talent and they have so many great strengths um they just don't believe in themselves they don't have their that own their own confidence in themselves and so they they don't do or they don't um utilize and their 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 skills and their talents the way they should Um, in other words they're kind of underperforming um they're not reaching their full potential because they're essentially afraid, um, or or they're not they're not just sure of themselves. And um, I, I just I think that's the one thing I see in a lot of people is that if they just had a little more confidence um, in themselves and in what they're doing, they would have much more success.
0: Yeah, and and Chez, it's been a great time talking to you today. Where can people go to learn more about what you're doing or connect with you and see the Wisconsin Athletic Club?
1: So Wisconsin Athletic Club's website is www.thewac.com. So T-H-E-W-A-C.com. You know, my email is just Chez, C-H-E-Z, at thewac.com. That's probably the best way to to communicate with me. And, you know, anytime anyone's in the Metro Milwaukee area, I would, I love to have them stop into one of our clubs. So that's the best way because it doesn't matter what I'm telling you we're doing. It's what you see and what you experience, right? So I think that's where proof's in the pudding and that's what we really focus on is trying to great a great experience for people coming to our clubs and again hopefully that's the case that people see when they come into our facilities.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ches. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen.